da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. All right, it's another horror movie conversation here on That About Movies. And uh, Richard Barton is horror movied out. Um, believe it or not, this movie has nothing to do with the woods, so I have no idea why <laughs> he was the one to say no to this one. Um, very minimal wood in this movie. Like not I was only say the woods. Little woods. He was he was smart enough to see it coming. Yeah, yeah. They, they're there there are a lot of wood floors in this movie. So there's wood in general. <laughs> wood panels. And he yeah, does absolutely. not respect wood. He does not at all. <laughs> no, we we know that for a fact. Yeah. He does not respect wood. Not at all. If you've listened to the show before. You're familiar with my voice, but you you know that dulcet tone you hear. It could only be mean one thing, and that's Batman Shane. Hey is, guys, is um is pinch hitting to talk a little bit of horror, comedy, mystery, game show, um, family drama, family, yeah, drama, yeah. There you go. Um, this one is is an interesting one, but um, I'm excited to talk ready or not because. Uh, you and I talked off the air, and you mentioned it that you know this one looked intriguing via the trailers, and it looked intriguing, um, you know, word of mouth and stuff, the reviews it was getting, and, and things like that. But it wasn't really one that was going to get my butt out of the out of the seat and go drive up to the theater to see. You know, it's one that yeah, I, I probably would normally catch on on demand or wait for it to hit Netflix or, or Redbox or what what have you, um, because these movies typically don't. Um, you know, require you to be in the theater. Uh, you know, they, they work very well in um, home viewing type of scenarios and things like that on rewatches and, and for repeat viewings and, and those types of situations. But, you know, I'm glad I went and, and saw this in the theater because it was a fun theater experience. And I'm excited yeah. to talk about that with you. Absolutely. I, I uh, So uh, listeners of the show probably know that Brian is a giant weenie when it comes to horror films. And admittedly, he and I are in the exact same boat. I'm usually pretty terrified of horror. So I'm really glad uh, that uh, doing this episode kind of forced me to get out and go see this movie because I probably wouldn't. I would have been like you. I would have seen it on demand or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really glad I went and saw it in the theater. Uh, not to bury the lead on the review, but I was, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just I'm glad I went out and saw it uh, on the big screen. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's get into that then. Let's get into general thoughts um, about this movie, ready or not. Um, yeah. This was one, like I said, that we saw the trailers for. Um, you know, it, it was kind of a mixed bag with the trailer. These could go either way. Um, but, you know, when the reviews come in that, you know, this is a fun uh, movie, that it's well-paced, well-written, it's, it's not too full of itself, those are the types of things that I like to see. Um, when, uh, when I'm seeking out a new horror movie, you know, horror movies, some of my favorite ones aren't well received by critics at all, you know? And so it's one of those things where when one is, it's like, what do you really, how should I really feel? You know? And and when one isn't, it doesn't really affect whether I want to go see it. If it's a subject matter that I like, because a lot of times if a critic is scared, they won't recommend it, you know, or creeped out or, or whatever. Um, so it is a mixed bag. Um, when it comes to the review side of things. Um, so I was still se- skeptical um, going in, even though it was kind of getting, uh, I don't know, certified fresh rating or whatever. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you watch the trailers for a movie like this, and it seems pretty high concept enough where it's just I, – I love movies like that where the concept is so simple that it, even within the first 30 seconds of the trailer, the premise for the whole movie is kind of set up, and it's pretty straightforward. So I thought that this movie, just based off the trailers alone, I thought, oh, really smart. That's a good way to make a movie. That's a good idea for a movie, and there's a lot of cool potential uh, there for for a fun type of movie like this, just based off the trailer alone. Yeah, the um... – the premise itself is is pretty ingenious. Um, I've always think hide and seek has been a a, a like I don't know game we always used to play growing up, and it's never really been explored in in culture the way it probably should it should be, considering how popular it is, you know. And to take it and put it in this context of this rich, entitled family, <laughs> and that that is fortune. You know, their fortune is literally off of a board game empire is right. really funny <laughs> to me. You know, they're like the Milton Bradley family, basically. And Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the first draft of the screenplay, that was their last name was Bradley. No, it really like, is. No, nope, can't do that. It really is Bradley in the movie. Did you not notice that? Oh, is it? I yeah. thought it, I thought they were they were the Ladomas family. No, there was some like there was somebody in the in the uh family that was named Bradley. Um, oh, there you go. Well, it was, nice but it wasn't there. Milton Bradley. It wasn't like I'm Sir Milton Bradley. No, it wasn't as <laughs> that. It was, yeah. But it was. I mean, probably some kind of reference to that. I would think. But yeah, it um, it is funny for them to you know take that you know gaming as serious as they are to the extent that they do in this movie is uh, is really funny. You know, it takes it, it it takes it to an extreme in this movie um, to an alarming degree, but for humor. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What are I, I yeah, was, general thoughts? I was surprised. So I like I said, I based off the trailers alone, I thought that this movie was a just a really pretty uh clever idea for a movie and generally I I will say that having having now seen the film, I thought that that the premise pays off. Like it was really smartly done. It was also, you know, it was it was a tight story. I mean, this movie is like maybe 93 minutes long. Yeah. And it just kind of, it goes. Once it gets going, it doesn't really stop until the end. And I just thought this movie was really clever. It was really, it was many, many choices in front of and behind the camera were really smartly made. And I think this is uh, enjoyable. I would definitely, I would throw it out there to anybody uh, listening who's on the fence. This movie is definitely more very, very dark comedy than it is horror or like a gore fest. I mean, there's a little bit of scares and there's a little bit of gore, but this is definitely more of a dark comedy than, than either of those other genres. Would you agree, Kent? Or Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's some, I mean, it, if you can handle something like the walking dead, you can handle this, you know, yeah, or, or game absolutely. of thrones. I mean, in terms of gore or scares, you know, there's nothing really in this. It's not, you wouldn't see in those. I mean, Right. There's some violent kills, but it's not really it's not really it's horror, violent, but it doesn't influence. really relish in the violence like a saw or a hostel or something no. like that. It's, you know, yeah. no, I mean, um, it's literally rich, old white people playing hide and seek, <laughs> uh, you know, and 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 they're they're seeking out uh, the bride uh, who is uh, Samara Weaving who is very charming. I have not familiar with her at all, but um, now I am. Um, she, she was great in this. I thought she was very charismatic as the protagonist and the kind of the person on the run, you know, in the movie. Oh and, yeah. Absolutely. Um, she, she really spoke for the audience, 
in this, you know, it was like the audience is on the run from these killers and she's, uh, you know, I, I, I guess we can get into spoilers. There's not much to spoil here. A lot of people die in this movie. That's what you can. Spoil yeah, that. absolutely. A lot of people absolutely. die and a lot of things happen, but somebody so dies. I'm not a, not ashamed to admit I had to look this up, but apparently she is Hugo Weaving's niece, by the way. Oh, wow. Did not know that. So yeah. there you go. little, yeah, more, more uh, family, family movie business stuff. Much more attractive than Hugo Weaving. <laughs> yeah, decidedly. Much decidedly. More. But nobody can rock a suit like Hugo Weaving. <laughs> That's true. He, he does have that. Or a, or a, like a, a red skull face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, you know, we can definitely get into spoilers. Um, you know, for sure. Let's, let's get into those. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a scene in this where, um, let's just say some people die by accident. And it's done for comedy, and it's the best scene in the movie. And, you know, I, I saw this movie on a Tuesday at probably 3 o'clock. And it was, like, more than half full in the in the theater, and people were having a good time with this. And, you know, when some of those fun kills, I hate to say it like that, but yeah. some of those happen, like, and, you know, there's there's audible laughter. You know, they're done for humor, you know, in the same way that Tarantino did the, you know, shot Jimmy in the face or whatever, or, uh, you know, for humor, it's done in that kind of style, which yes. makes me think like what Tarantino would have done with this premise. You know, this is almost a Tarantino level kill bill style, the bride on the run from <laughs> crazed people in a house kind of thing, you know, it's, yeah, it's very got much that so. dark could... twisted humor aspect to it. If Quentin would have made this movie, it would have been three and a half hours long. We know that. <laughs> yeah, the first act would have just been like the wedding and the whole meeting the family would have been an hour and a half. Yeah, you're right. We, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't, have, exactly. we wouldn't even gotten to the game by the end of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it would have faded to black and then it would have said part end of part one, part two coming next part, summer. Part two. Hide and like, see. Whoa, why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Part, no, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely, without getting too, too specific, I mean, obviously you can tell from the trailer, like, definitely a lot of people um, croak in this movie. But it's kind of, to your point, I think it's it's enjoyable to watch because a lot of the people that end up croaking or getting killed or whatever, they're they're jerks. They're not good people. Yeah. And so it kind of makes it enjoyable to watch some of the, the antagonists of the story get picked off, you know, one by one as the, as the bride kind of starts to fight back and... Uh, you know, make her moves and stuff, which was, uh, you know, I said a lot of the times when you watch horror films, and again, I don't watch a ton of them, but the stuff that I do watch, you know, sometimes you see those movies and you're like, why would you do that? Like characters make stupid decisions all the time. Like, why would you run upstairs instead of run out of the house or whatever? And I don't feel like this movie had hardly any of those. Like most of the things that she did are things that like, I, I kind of felt like, Oh yeah, I'd do the same thing too. You know, like, did you feel like there were any stupid decisions in this movie or did you feel like it was all pretty smart and straightforward? Yeah, not, not really. Uh, you know, I would have done probably, I don't know if I would have done, I don't want to get too spoilery, but there's one decision in the end that she does that I don't think I would would have done, but you know, we'll, We'll talk about that maybe a little bit later, but um, but no, yeah, sure. I, I think for the most part she's trying to escape, trying to get the heck out of there, trying to kill anyone she can. You know, like it's very little. Like okay, this this girl is is dumb. She's she's asking for it, kind of thing. You know, um, mm -hmm. like I, that's why I said she really does speak for the audience in this. And, you know, they really play it like we're on this journey with her um, through this hell. 
of this being in this house with this guy she's married who I don't know. Well, let's talk about the the premise of just the family yeah. thinking, you know, this ritual thing. What did you think about that? I mean, I, I think it's, I, I think it's a pretty clever setup, right? At least mm-hmm. to start. I mean, obviously we'll, we'll complete that discussion when we get into full spoilers at the end, but you know, I thought it was a pretty clever setup, right? Cause it's, you know, you, uh, people are superstitious and I could absolutely understand how, you know, if you're that rich and you're convinced that your wealth is tied to some sort of, you know, sacrifice or promise that your great, great grandfather made to somebody, I could understand how, that transcends down the generations to this thing where it's like, Oh yeah, you don't mess with that. We, this is something we have to do. It's, you know, we don't have a choice in this. Um, and I thought it was played really, really well. I mean, it's a movie, so you have to buy into it, but I felt like the movie did a pretty excellent job of just selling it straight and just kind of saying, this is what it is. It didn't at, at no point did it, I mean, it felt ridiculous because the whole concept is ridiculous, but it didn't feel ridiculous in the story. If that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) You're, you're absolutely right. It, um, it weirdly like rounds it in reality. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it does. It, that's, it, it played it straight. Absolutely. Um, and you know, you, you hope that, you know, with the promise of, you know, are these people crazy or, or I guess with the premise of, are these people crazy or, you know, is this ritual thing for real or are they crazy? Basically is what you're wondering the whole time. And you're, yeah, and you're exactly. hoping as the audience member that we find out <laughs> whether, they in fact are crazy or if their ritual does exist or for is for a reason. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk, I guess in a couple minutes here, but let's just say, uh, you find out at the end and it's great. Um, yeah, I, I, that's, that's, that might be the best part of the movie aside from the, ever, you know, the girl getting shot with the crossbow accidentally. It was pretty, yeah, pretty that funny. was, which is in the trailer, by the way, that's, Oh, was it? Okay. You know, you yeah. yeah that moment that was one. in the trailer. So okay. I think it was like a red band trailer, but gotcha. uh, yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty awesome. But I mean, just in terms of not to go too back uh, into general terms, but I will say I was very, very impressed with just how this movie was made. I thought it was just the, the, the casting was absolutely mm-hmm. spot on. I thought the writing was tight and it was strong. I thought that the cinematography was excellent. It had a very, you know, consistent color palette, right? Everything Mm -hmm. was kind of lit by candlelight and it kind of had that orange glow. And it really felt like this movie was like planned to a T. You know, sometimes you watch movies and you kind of can tell that nobody could agree on what the movie should be. And it just kind of looked like it was cobbled together, like three puzzles that don't really fit together. But this movie really kind of felt like everything clicked into gear like clockwork. And uh, it was just really nicely done. It was well directed, well edited. Um, I can't, I can't honestly say I remember too, too much about the score, but in a way that's a good thing. It didn't stick out as bad either. Um, yeah, it was good. I, I, I noticed, I noticed it being really good. It was very classical. It was very like Mozart, you know, handle style, uh, score, which I thought fit the, you know, the setting very well. Um, yeah, uh, being in the my Gothic deepest house. apologies to uh, Brian Tyler, by the way, who did the score. Yeah, so I did not. He, uh, <laughs> no, no he uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy fame might know I, his fine and work. I think he, and I, I believe he's also done a couple of the Fast and Furious films as well. Okay, yeah. So, anyway. um, um, but yeah, I mean, was there anything about the actual like filmmaking technique that stuck out to you? I yeah, yeah, it was very well shot. It was, it looked great. It, I mean, it it's what you want a horror movie to look like. It, it oozed like. Uh, atmosphere, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. It, it felt like it was odd because I, I, from the start of the movie, I didn't know what time period it was set in until they were like, I think one of the sisters, 
uh, you know, says to the bride, oh, I, I stalked you on Instagram or something. I was like, okay, now this is okay. Now clearly we're in 2019. In 2019. I, I thought this could be in 1980 or something, you know, because um, it's got the kind of generic timeless quality to it. Um, right. That's true. That that honestly, true. honestly, it's kind of weird that they even put that in there because it does have a, have a, I don't know, a, uh, I don't want to say timeless because timeless is hard. I don't know if this movie is going to be <laughs> forever in our con- in the conversation, but you know, um, in terms of the in terms of the look of the movie, I'm not tar- talking about in terms of how the movie is going to hold up uh, timeless oh, sure. quality, but yeah, it's got a very classic horror uh, look to it. You know, we've seen this in the return of these looks. You know, with with like 2017 it. You know, the the very right. uh, like traditional film look. Uh, you know, widescreen aspect ratio uh, style. And I love that. I love the throwback to the classic 1970s uh, and 80s style of horror movies that are, you know, the golden age or whatever you want to call it of, of those types of films. Um, and so, you know, this is, this is strong, man. I, I, the more I'm thinking about this, the more I liked it. Um, another part I, I liked about it was the bride's dress and how, you know, uh, I I saw this little video of the uh, costume uh, designer girl who designed the, the the costume talking about it that they used Bruce Willis's tank top from Die Hard as the template for it. You know how like <laughs> the blood and dirt gets you know throughout the movie just gets so much more dirty. Yeah, that, dark like a dark dark mud. Yeah, yeah, point. and based on the injuries and things that happen throughout the movie. And they really paid a lot of attention to that with continuity. And they said they actually made like 30 different versions of the dress, you know, in various blood shades and different lengths. And, you know, she tears the sleeves off at one point. And uh, it's pretty awesome. Like from she goes, she goes from like this elegant, you know, bride, you know, draped in white to like this badass, like, like tank top, like mini skirt wearing covered in blood like warrior at the end of this movie it's awesome yeah, right. it's really freaking like cool like the the arc of the the character is really cool it's it was uh, it was such really a well-designed and well-thought-out costume that it's only a matter of months before like taylor swift rips it off in a music oh yeah yeah you get that get the bride thing with the shotgun shells and the yeah that's that's definitely going to be a costume soon but funnier funny enough that this movie was distributed by walt disney studios motion pictures um like i think they even see value in these kinds of movies um uh andy mcdowell showed up in this i haven't seen her in maybe 20 years <laughs> yeah where's she been right who knows um i don't know why you were sleeping or one of those movies she was in in the 90s um yeah, first time yeah, i've so ever seen those, her without sure. like very curly hair as well it's, it's hard to Hard to recognize. Yeah, it was it was kind of cool that there wasn't really any huge celebrity in this movie. That that it was neat that the the movie's concept was strong uh, enough to get greenlit a, on a Brody, cast. Adam of, Brody's not a huge celebrity. I mean, yeah, I mean, no one's going to a movie because Adam Brody's in <laughs> oh, it. Right? Come on, man, like, <laughs> I do. <laughs> you know, that but it's the cool reason that this movie got this. greenlit based off the strength of its script and not because like, oh, Tom Cruise is in it or whatever. You know, so I thought that was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought the cast was really well chosen. I thought that everybody was pretty great for their part. Um, yeah. Amazing you know, in, in this group. that this movie costs $6 million to make. Yeah. $6 yeah. million. These are the kinds of movies we need people 
This is what we need. We need, uh, you know, fun, interesting screenplays that um, cost six million dollars to make that make you know ten million opening weekend and become cult classics on on DVD. That's what. That's the yeah. kinds of movies we need. Um, and uh, you know, this movie's not for everybody. I'm not saying that this movie is what everybody needs. I'm saying these kinds of projects, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. Cause here's the thing, right? They made this movie for $6 million and at that budget, you can absolutely turn a profit on that movie because if you make, you know, 15, 16 through theatrical sales and then VOD and DVD sales and all that stuff, then you make your money back. We don't have to, I mean, look, I love, you know, Marvel movies and I love all these big budget films just as much as the next guy. But when you spend $250 million on a movie, you basically have to make a billion or else you failed. And it's like, they, all, not all movies have to be that, right? They can be these small, you know, couple million dollar movies that the pressure is off to, to make a billion dollars and they can just make their money back. I was reading... Um, the, the, so opening weekend, this movie made $7.5 million, which is their Fox searchlights largest opening in four and a half years. And it also was their widest release ever. It opened in like 2,800 something screens. Uh, so that's kind of cool that the movie, you know, it was yeah, their second Walt, biggest Walt opening Disney of all time. Has like acquired this, I'm sure with the Fox deal and put it out there and exactly. it paid off for exactly. them. It's like, well, if we're going to make money off this, people ought to get, be able to see it. And that's, you know, I hate that about, you know, and it, independent cinema because I I went to see this and it was labeled in my app as like artisan screening. Yeah, same, I was like, what? Same here. I was like, how is this this artisan? Pro I guess it is. Technically, it's more of an independent uh, studio type thing um, distributed by. I get that it's a smaller release. All I'll entertainment that, but I... or whatever it is. But I mean, Disney definitely ended up putting it out there. But I mean. It's just funny that this is considered artisan when it has twenty eight hundred, you know, opening weekend, uh, yeah, type thing. But. This is this is neither here nor there. But AMC needs to recalculate what they consider artisanal or indie because when I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it was listed the same way, and it was like, guys, Quentin Tarantino is not an indie filmmaker <laughs> anymore. He hasn't been indie since ninety two. Like, relax, it's getting yeah. a wide release. Yeah, he literally after his first movie, he stops being indie. So we're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. Funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he stopped being an, uh, an artisan filmmaker or whatever. Um, <laughs> artisan. They just like using that term. Artisan <laughs> series. Um, uh, yeah, right. every Yeah, it just sounds homely. Yeah, let's go artisan. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, let's get in a little more spoilery before we uh, wrap this thing up, grade it out, and hit a recommend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mentioned the end. Uh, the thing I don't agree with was why did she call OnStar <laughs> at the end and, like, call the cops and all that. It's like, just keep driving. That's what I would have done. I would have driven yeah, right. until I'm somewhere public with people that, you know, I'm not driving for four minutes and then calling somebody and trying to get more people around me and all that, 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 you know, just cause you said, where would you have gone wrong? That was the only part where I was like, okay, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have called on star and let them shut off the car, or take control of the car or whatever it was, but it was a clever plot device. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and maybe, who knows, maybe the screenwriters would answer that the Lodomas family lived on like such a big property that she was like 10 miles away from anywhere, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know. I, I think that's a smart point. Uh, but yeah, dude, let's talk about. Uh, so, I mean, so now that now that we're into like deep, deep spoiler territory. Right. So the premise of this movie is that 
they have to if if the bra it's tradition in this family that the new like the person who's entering the family picks a card from this box that was given to them by this like mystical magic person like decades ago and if you pick hide and seek that person has to be offered up as like a blood sacrifice um you know to appease the mystical magic man who still is lingering around you're told and you think that these rich people are just kind of crazy but at the the end scene of the movie uh they they okay so again deep spoilers here they don't kill her because they can't do it in time and the sun comes up and you laugh because you think oh yeah they're it's ridiculous they're crazy and then one by one they all just start exploding in like this in like bursts of buckets of like fake blood and it's not that sounds gross to say it but when you watch it it's it's done for comedic effect where it's just kind of you know it's just buckets of fake blood and it's a really really funny sequence yeah it was it it's like just like you know, you, you blow up a water balloon of blood, you know, in a room. And it's funny because there's, like, it's such a nice, like, dining room with, like, curtains and stuff. And all these, you know, every, one by one, they kind of blow up around um, around Grace. And she uh, is just kind of standing there observing it all. It's and a kind fun, of it's laughing, funny, too, right? Yeah. It's, you know, very Django Unchained of we're going to end this in a pool of, of blood and the, uh, and, you know, you ride into the sunset kind of thing. Um, I liked that at the end. And like I say, you get the redemption you seek, uh, in this movie very quickly in 90 minutes. You're, you, 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 you get the premise, you go have fun with it and you get a very satisfying ending. And, uh, yeah, it, this thing doesn't stop. I like the grandma with the the hatchet too. She was fun. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Uh, The other thing I thought was really, really clever as well was I liked that the husband, the whole time was like a, a good guy. And then at the end, when he realized that she was never going to stay with him after, after this whole kerfuffle and, you know, I never told you about all this. She was pissed and she was like, I'm leaving you. So I like that at that last minute there, he like totally switched and like wanted to kill her. Cause he was like, well, if she's not going to be with me, I might as well hedge my bets and like try to keep the family safe one way or the other. Yeah. So I, I like, I thought that was a really, really smart twist there at the end that, you know, at last scene, he ends up trying to kill her and he becomes a bad guy and then he gets his comeuppance for that too. Yeah. I, I, I honestly saw that coming. I don't know. I was hoping they wouldn't do, wouldn't go there. I saw that like the first, I don't know. I, it, that was, that was the one thing I didn't, I don't know, like about it was that he ends up turning on her. Cause I thought that was a little bit, cheap i don't know cop out you know kind of thing but you know you expect those in horror movies too some of the obvious turns but it works it worked i mean it was so fun i i i'm gonna grade this one out very high you know like yeah i also love the last uh i love the last line of the movie too where she's sitting there and the house is burning down and the police finally come and they're like what happened and she goes (laughs) in-laws yeah (laughs) which is funny to everybody here who's married shout out to my in-laws ray and beth love you guys (laughs) yeah it's a very Um, get out like type in ending you know yeah absolutely funny it's good um okay let's grade this out and uh hit a recommend here um ready or not uh, hopefully, hopefully this gets a sequel called um, "Here I Come." Here I come. Yeah. Um, uh, let's go with an A, solid A, for for ready or not. What about you? 
I would give it the exact same grade. I, you'd be hard-pressed to, to find anything wrong with this movie. And even for people like me who are kind of weenies and, and are usually freaked out by horror films, this was super enjoyable, super smart, and, and, and like it's got a very, very dark uh, sense of humor. It's, it's great. It's like a, it's a very dark version of Clue. And I'm not, yeah, and I actually watched so. Clue like in the week leading up to going seeing this, you know, just to see how much they would have taken from that. And you know, when they opened the movie with the shots of the board games, I was like, oh, this is going to be Clue, basically. And um, it's not that at all. I expect the Ryan Johnson movie Knives Out to be way more like Clue than this, um, in terms of the who done it type uh, type of uh, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, exactly. The like, definitely... kind of a uh, uh, way of of telling a story, you know. Yeah, I very much got like a little bit of Tarantino, a little bit of Clue, and like a little bit of David Fincher almost in yeah. this movie. A little bit um, of Del Toro kind of weird... with the gothic stuff too. Yeah, very much so. It's a little bit of you can tell that the guys who directed this movie and they're two two gentlemen, I believe. I don't know. I'll be honest. I, I don't know what else they've done, but obviously they did their homework and they clearly had an idea of what they wanted this movie to be. And good for those guys. Yeah, um, the uh, guy did VHS. Um, ah, I see. Uh, that was in 2012, and he did uh, Devil's Do, which I did not see. Um, yeah, that's the only other one I've seen. It's called VHS. Well, these guys. Good I've heard that's was... good. I have not seen VHS. Yeah, I haven't heard seen it's it either. Pretty... But good for these guys. There, you know, if, if those, if this is what the type of movie that these guys can make, I'd be definitely the next time their name pops up is in the director's credits, I'll go see it for sure. Yep. Okay. Let's uh, move on, Shane, and hit a quick recommend. Weekly recommend. Okay, what you got, man? Uh, so I would like to recommend to the listeners, there is a new Dave Chappelle stand-up special that just hit uh, a couple of days ago uh, on Netflix. The stand-up special is called uh, Sticks and Stones, and uh, it's very, very funny, and it's very, very worth your time. Uh, if you're a fan of Dave Chappelle, he's pretty much on brand for the type of humor uh, he's been doing in the last couple of years, which is certainly not for everyone. But I happen to think it's very funny, and uh, it doesn't seem like he's lost a step. I think it's I think it's great. Have you gotten a chance to watch it yet, Kent? Yeah, I have. I'm fascinated by his like attire more than anything these days. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like a... Every single special, he ends up wearing something weirder and weirder, and this time he ends up wearing like a green like, like a mechanic prison. jumpsuit jumpsuit or something with his like he's got his like army name on it and stuff it's funny yeah, yeah. but uh, he pulled <laughs> yeah. it off man um yeah it's it's what you would expect it to be i mean it's social commentary from dave Chappelle in 20, 2019 you know and he does not hold back um no he does not i went all. and saw him um do stand up like probably around the time of like the first netflix special he did and I mean, I don't think I've ever laughed that hard in my life. I definitely have never in in a live, you know, comedy setting. I mean, he just he absolutely murders live, and it, it's um, you know, I'm just glad he's doing stand up because you know, I'm just glad <laughs> somebody's out there talking. You know, um, yeah, right, yeah. Because you know, uh, as much as you want to hate on Dave Chappelle, at least um, he's trying to get the conversation started in some way. You know. That's exactly but, right. Uh, I mean, he's out there saying stuff. Whether you like yeah. it or not, he's starting a conversation. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and I I will admit, you know, and, and we'll always say that his SNL uh, monologue is one of the best, you know, when he came and did that um, a couple of years ago. 
Oh, you're talking about when he was the first SNL host yeah. after Trump won the election? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was a, that was a great monologue. By the way, speaking of monologues and stuff with him, just a note to listeners, if you watch the new special on Netflix, there's literally like a 20-minute thing. That it's, it's called the epilogue. And it's, it, for some people, it plays automatically after the special. For some people, it doesn't. It's like listed in the trailers or whatever. But once you finish the main special, there's like 20 more minutes of bonus material from a Broadway show where he like took questions from the audience members or whatever. And I've, some people that I've talked to have actually had to go find it on Netflix versus some people who it just plays automatically. So oh, cool. don't, uh, if you finish the special, there's like 20 more minutes that you can watch uh, that's new material as well. I did not, uh, I did not catch that i'll have to go back and find that but uh yeah it's cool. weird it's some people that autoplay some people it doesn't but it's all in black and white and it's pretty cool so check that out for sure what do you got Kent? what are you recommending i'm gonna recommend a tv show um that we've talked about on the show and recommended before um but i just finished it it just wrapped up it's uh the movies on cnn did you see this uh series I have not finished it yet, uh, but I have seen the first two episodes. And actually, a film professor of mine from Baylor uh, oh, was yeah. in the show. He was in the first episode. I so saw, shout out I to saw the, uh, Baylor University in that. That was cool. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So shout out to Dr. Kendrick there from uh, Baylor University, my alma mater. But yeah, I've seen the first. How many episodes are there? There's four? I think there's six. Six. Okay. Yeah. So, wow, I'm very far behind. But I've definitely seen the first two, and they are absolutely worth your time. Yes. Uh, so this is the show that CNN put together. Uh, they've done these for decades. They've done the 60s, the 70s, 80s, the 90s. They've done these documentary, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what I want to call them event type programming. I don't know. A little miniseries type documentaries. Um, right. And this one's six episodes and it's called The Movies. And it, it starts the, at the Golden Age, starts in the 1930s. And uh, goes to today, basically, and it skims over Hollywood history, you know, different directors, iconic films, iconic moments. It's really yeah. if you like movies, you listen to this show, you need to check this out. And I'm not just saying that it's if you're listening like, to this show, you love movies. It's a six hour nostalgia trip of great films, you know, basically um, with some really fun interview. You know, people pop up, Spielberg pops up, Ron Howard pops up and. It's cool. It's good. It's good to see. Produced by Tom Hanks and Co. And uh, fourth your time. The movies on CNN. I think it's on their app. CNN. The CNN app. If you go on there on demand, I think you can get, find it. Seek it out. But yeah, movie fans need to check. Need to check this out. Definitely fans of yeah. our show will, will like it. Absolutely. Well, thank you for the reminder. Just a reminder to redouble my efforts to get get those episodes off my DVR and finish them. Yeah. Yeah. You de- definitely will will enjoy it. I, I know. No doubt. No doubt. Okay, well, thank you, Batman Shane, for being, um, I guess, uh, hide-and-seek Shane for tonight. Hide-and-seek Shane, yeah. Hatchet Shane, I don't know. Bride Shane, I guess, today. Yeah, Um, (laughs) we will, I guess, expect your presence back very soon, probably around Oscar season or, or so. But and I um, believe in in about a month, uh, a oh, little bit over Joker. a month's time, yeah. we have a Joker movie coming out. Yeah, so. so we'll have you back for that, no doubt. But um, thank you. Uh, for sure for being here but if you want more from, always a pleasure yes uh, always our pleasure um, the, if you want more from Mad About Movies you can get more episodes from us every week on our VIP feed and uh, this week we're doing um, our AMA in there we're doing that and we're talking to Hangover for the 10 year anniversary of that um, nice wow but, way to make me feel old by the way yeah, but that's yeah, uh, 10 we, years ago talk, talk about that but um, I mean 
I just want to tease too for the VIP. September is going to be a very strong month. We got Quiz Show, we've got Shawshank, we've got Pulp Fiction, we've got uh, Harry Potter coming up too. It's we're getting we're basically doing all the 1994 Oscar Best Picture winner type movies. We're getting in '94 is stacked uh, for 25 year anniversary movies, so we're covering a ton of those movies on that feed, and that's just a nice. dollar a week, right? And it's just one one buck. One buck. You don't even notice you can, that. Yeah, you would never you can even afford it for sure. You could, yeah. And the the VIP feed is literally a party. It's a super fun, and you guys need to get in on yeah, it. it is. There's a lot of great conversations that go on in there, and we just we get a chance to cover more movies. You know? Yeah, it is. It, it it's it's a party. That's a, that's a great great way of putting it. But um, join us over there and enjoy your day and evening or morning and wherever you are. And until then, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I've got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. 